0: welcome to the idp plus podcast we're going to do the week 15 idp standings my guest tonight is jeff palmazal from the idp show he does the weekly waiver article as well as the live sit start show on sunday mornings we're going to apply and combine all our knowledge together and we're going to give you guys a ranking show how are you doing jeff
1: fantastic steve thanks for having me on tonight
0: awesome i'm glad you came on um like i said we got a lot to offer and i really enjoy your show over there You got a lot of smart people you work with uh such a joy to have different takes different different networks coming on the show and that way we can we could we could apply these players not just rankings but what we think about
1: yep it's all about different perspective and that's how you kind of grow i mean if you're just stuck on the hamster wheel doing the same thing you're you're not gonna like progress anywhere, so you know get a different take. Even if you don't agree with it, you can kind of take away something and learn from it. So
0: exactly, and I get kind of passionate with with, with my takes as well. And I'm like, just because you're loud doesn't mean you're angry. You know, you want to go <laughs> at different ways and look at stuff. It's the only way we learn. It's the only way we learn stuff. Um, Jeff, we uh, what we do over here at the um, at the uh, uh, at the IDP Plus is we go over the Fantasy Pros rankings each week, and just to let you know the scoring. The scoring uh, is uh, solo tackles 1.5, assisted tackles 0.75, tackles for loss 2 points, uh, sacks is 4, interceptions 5, uh, forced fumbles 4, and so forth and so forth. Um, I ask every audience, I ask everybody that I bring on the show, is there anything that stands out to you? Is there anything that pops?
1: No, I think this is really in line with, like, the big three scoring that the IDP show uses too. Just it rewards those big plays, those big – turnover plays those big momentum changing plays just like in the real football game you know like uh, a guy a, a linebacker or a d lineman gets a sack that's a it's a huge play in the game on the field so it should be rewarded as such in your scoring so this this aligns really well with you know a lot of formats that we we support and play in so
0: heck yeah um, i'm gonna pull up the scoring uh this is kind of the leader the leader tournament that 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 i'm playing in as far as accuracy goes uh jeff can you see my screen Yes, I can. Okay. Um, So this is uh, week 14, what we just went through. If I was to show you guys the IDP, um, currently right now, let me see here. Let me pull it up for you. I am second on the year. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm second for week 14 in scoring. So I had a pretty strong week. Uh, Overall, for the year, I'm currently ranked fourth. But it's like a three-way race for second place. So two, three, four—we're all kind of sort of close by a couple points.
1: Uh, There's a lot of a lot of legends on that list right there. So <laughs> it's uh, quite an honor. Congrats! Hey,
0: it's just I'm lucky to be on the thing, and uh, I couldn't tell you could tell you what I'm doing. I mean, we have a couple um, we have a couple set uh, I guess templates that I use, and uh, you know, I've set them in a couple videos, and and like I said, I'm hoping to learn from each guest. I mean, that's the only way we get better. You know,
1: and, and and such a grind too. like, you know, every week you're putting in like, you're, you really have to be on top of it with the IDP world, especially just because there's, you know, like even tonight, like Grant Delpit went on, went on IR all of a sudden, you know, like the trickle down effect that that's going to have. It's not oh just the, the Cleveland defensive back position, but their linebackers and now all of a sudden their, their defensive backs aren't going to be able to cover the wide receivers and tight ends as long. And then all of a sudden, well, does that affect miles Garrett? You know? So it's not just a, like a, a one position position, impact it really trickles on the entire defense so gotcha
0: yeah and uh just to um just to give you a little touch base uh and, and for the people on spotify that can't see my screen uh over at the idp guys network we have um on the site we have a snap count tool calculator and we also have this neat thing too that does uh points by position and what what i'm showing the audience right now is i'm showing teams that are more liable to the sack per defensive end and those teams are the Giants, Jets, Tennessee, Denver, Jacksonville, New England, uh, followed by the Bears, Vikings, Carolina, Ravens, and the Commanders. Uh, it's just a good idea to know those teams. I don't know how you are, Jeff. I like to play matchups, especially when I'm going to my lower tiers.
1: Very much so. And, and I always like using those as like a tiebreaker. If I have like a decision between a couple guys – I was like, look at that matchup. All right. Who's playing sack Howell? You know, like, I want to make sure I have a guy up against Washington. You know, if I, you know, like the giants have been a sieve for opposing defensive line. Like, so if I have a a close call between a couple of guys, especially during the bye weeks, you're kind of making those tough decisions on who to actually plug in your lineup. That's kind of my deal breaker. Is like, who am I going to, who am I going to lean towards that week? So.
0: Exactly. And, and Jeff, uh, you, you should have been on about a week ago. I was complaining about doing, the waiver wire article over at Fantasy uh, Six Pack on a Tuesday, and then coming over here on IDP guys and trying to get my ranks together on Wednesday. I'm like, literally, the week goes so fast. But yep. uh, for the audience that doesn't know Jeff, he does the IDP guy, an uh, IDP show, Waiver Wire. And when do you put that out, Jeff?
1: I, well, I kind of finish it uh, late Sunday night so it gets published on Monday. So that way it's kind of a, a head start for some of those leagues that. Might be able to sneak in ahead of time. So
0: I, I want to say you're the earliest guy putting that stuff out. So when I think I have it bad, I look at Jeff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm a glutton for punishment. So it, it just kind of goes with the territory. It's yeah, a labor if, of it, love.
0: If the audience is ever, you know, curious and needs a question answered, you know, you can find me over on IDP Hunter. You can find Jeff over there. We're usually up in the middle of night trying to find our waiver guys, trying to set them up. Right. Yep. Um. So I'm going to get into the defensive lineman rankings um again no bye weeks anymore so thank goodness so some of these guys are our usual suspects you know i say we go through some of the highlights know some of the big ones i'm gonna start with the first three i'm gonna put them all together number one is miles garrett number uh uh, number two is max crosby number three is tj watt when you look at miles garrett um one thing i do too jeff i kind of put their stats and i relate it by position just gives me a better honest feel of the player like if I told you the guy had, you know, uh 22 tackles on a season, you'd be like what damn do? If I said he had 22 tackles as a cornerback, that may provide value, you know. So yep. when we look at Miles Garrett, you know, he's got he's tied for 15th for tackles with 59 uh, solos, assists, he's got 5 64, uh says so 64th. Where Miles Garrett is sensational is the sacks. He's 14th, he has 14th on a season which ties him for fifth. And he's got four force fumbles which is tied for second. With Miles Garrett, he's got a 94.3 pass rush rate, but forget about all that. Forget about all that. Uh for those people that are uh, on Spotify that can't see my screen, I'm just going over some basic stats of Miles Garrett. The reason we got Miles Garrett number 1 this week is because he is playing the Bears, which is the seventh worst defensive end matchup, the best actually. So sign me up for some Miles Garrett this week.
1: Yeah. Especially like in leagues too that reward for like pressures or hurries, like Garrett has like 33 or 34 pressures or hurries on the season too. So if you, if you're in a league that rewards that way too, even if he doesn't get home and get the sack, he still impacts Mm -hmm. the game in that way. So if you play in some really like some deep degenerate IDP leagues where they reward for stuff like that, he's even more amazing because you know, the, the 15 sacks or 14 sacks that they have is great, but you know, just how he impacts the game on a, a play-to-play basis is outstanding. So, yeah, definitely he's the number one. Him and Crosby are, you know, yeah. coin flip every week. So,
0: and, and, you know, I've mentioned this in other other episodes. I mean, the key is all, you know, you, most defensive ends, you know, if I get 60% or higher snap count, I'm excited. Both him and Crosby, they live on the field. I mean, they're generating high 80 90% each week. And, and, and on that note, Max Crosby is my number two. He's got – uh He's got 42 solo tackles. That's tied for first at his position. Uh, assists, 19th. That's tied for first as well. Sacks, 14. That's tied for fifth. And forced fumbles, you know, he's got one which is tied for 24th. Now, a little fun fact on Max Crosby, okay? He only needs three more sacks this year to have the all-time Raiders single season mark. And I'm uh, looking at his schedule, I think he's going to get it. He's got the Chiefs coming up who give up pressures. He's got the Colts. And then there's a week 18 against the Broncos. The Broncos are an easy matchup to beat as well. So yeah, I think he'll get it.
1: And, and I kind of like Crosby too this week, even against the Chargers, because mm-hmm. there's gonna be no um uh quarterback who just went on IR. Um, oh, uh
0: yeah, Herbert's out and then you got yeah, Herbert's uh, out. So they got Easton, Easton stick Easton in there. Easton. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keenan
1: Allen is gonna be banged up and questionable even to play. So I think they're gonna do a lot of like trying to try to negate how much they're gonna put on stick and I just think that they're gonna just gonna be in a, a pin their ears back kind of mode like mm-hmm. hey, if you're gonna beat us you're gonna beat us throwing the ball and Crosby's just gonna I think feast on Thursday night. So
0: and it's dangerous with Crosby 97% snap count last week 10 tackles two sacks against the Vikings. Uh Magic and that was on a bad knee. <laughs> yeah yeah uh number three and the only reason I got him a little bit further down TJ Watt uh, you know what I'm looking at right now? His biggest enemy is that little red Q next to his name. Okay, uh, none of that matters. You know, he's got solo tackles 29, that's tied for 15th. He's got eight, which is tied for 38th as far as assists. Sacks, he's got 15, which is tied for second. Force fumbles, three, tied for fifth. But again, to me, none of that matters. That red Q matters. This is a must-win game for the uh, for the Steelers. Uh, they have they have to have this right. Uh, they lost to the Patriots. And you know what else they lost? They lost Watt, like the first snap of the game, I think. Right? He went down. Uh, Watt got dinged up with a concussion. Um, I've been kind of watching this one, Jeff. Last night-ish, he was on a limited practice, which is encouraging. So he should – if he plays, he's a top-tier option any given week. Just be mindful of that as the week progresses. But I think he'll play.
1: Yeah, I'm in agreement. Like, if he if he's there, he's in your lineup. There's no – you're probably not deep enough where you have to make a decision between starting one of these top seven or eight guys. If you do, you're an amazing drafter or your league is (laughs) terrible at trading. So
0: yeah, no kidding. Right. (laughs) Um, So for my number four, I put, um, I put Micah Parsons there. Um, And there's a couple reasons. I was thinking about this uh, prior to coming prior to you coming on the show. Uh, with with Parsons, right, he's got a matchup against the Bills. That's another game the Bills need. But for this particular matchup, uh, it's my belief that Josh Allen's is going to have to count. He's going to have to adjust the pass protection because this is a big test for him. That's a big test for the whole offensive line. Uh, whether or not they move Parsons around, that's what they do. They move them all around the field, okay? So so who do we got? Who do we got pass blocking for the Bills? You got Deion Dawkins, who's got a 77.8 grade. You got Spencer Brown, who's got a 66.7 grade per BFF. I mean, outside of Crosby week two, the Bills really haven't had any really tests as far as testing the offensive line. So this could be their greatest test. This could be the greatest test they've seen so far.
1: No, I, I, like you said, it's a must win game. And I think this is one of those games where both offenses are going to be really efficient. So there's going to be a high volume of plays for both defenses and you, as you know, Steve, like volume is king. You can't you can't mm-hmm. score points if you're not on the field. And I just think that both teams are very uh, quick scoring teams. And so I just think that both both teams are going to have a chance to play, and they're going to have to score points. And if you have to score points, you have to throw the ball, and that just gives Parsons an opportunity yep. too. And like you said, they move them all around. They move on the interior of the line, so he's matched up against guards. They've got a bunch of like um, the swing plays where they, they do the traps and everything like that. They're just they just use them in a very great way like dan quinn is, does an amazing job with all those pieces that he has so oh my god
0: does he and uh it's so neat i did i did an episode a couple a while back i was trying to like dissect how they actually bring all their guys in it, it's an amazing job uh well done um so for five i'm actually excited about number five here which is daniel hunter um there's not a lot that needs to be said that hasn't been said on hunter um but 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 as a rundown he's got 14 sacks in a season tied for fourth He's got 38 solos tied for third, and he's got four forced fumbles, so he gets a lot of those, right? He knocks the ball out. He's second in his position, okay? What makes Daniel Hunter actually respectable as well is the high tackle rate and actually tackle for loss. But I've been thinking about this one too, Jeff. He's got a matchup against the Bengals this week, okay? The Bengals just got Joe Burrow smashed, okay? And not only that, they're historically bad on the O-line, okay? This we know. Um, they got a bad reputation now. So, you know, what I did for the audience on Spotify, I can't see, I kind of pulled up the Bengals depth chart. So let's roll out the red carpet here. The offensive <laughs> line blocking is horrible. They got a guy named Cordell Volson <laughs> whose pass block grade is 38.1. They got a guy named Alex Copa, Kappa, 62.0. Orlando Brown, 62.8. Jonah Wilson, 62.0. So just thinking about that and thinking about how serious of a player Hunter is, he's going to eat this week. You know what? You might as well call the police, call the paramedics, because he's going to murder somebody.
1: Yeah, he's uh, he and DJ Whunum are just like a, a great pair. Like Whunum, like you talked earlier about like snaps here. That guy's in like in the ninety-five percentile each week for per- percent of p- plays that he's. That's insane mm-hmm. for a defensive lineman. But like you said, these these uh, Bengals offensive linemen are just uh, a brutal. Yeah. There was a meme a couple years ago when they drafted Chase Young. I'm sure you saw it where they like. Uh, Joe Burrow to chase young and he's or Jamar chase and he's getting sacked. And then if the Bengals drafted like uh Sewell, it would be to anybody and he was completing the pass or something like that. And, and it wasn't wrong, you know, like, look where we are right now. We got Burrow on the sideline and not playing yeah. and in a sling. So, but I'm sure they yeah. don't regret drafting Jamar chase though. So.
0: Not at all. Not at all. But yeah, I do remember that. Oh my God. That was so fun. You, you took me back a little bit. That was a good one. Um, number six, I got Nick Bosa. In number seven, I got Josh Allen, and I'm going to sort of pair them up together. I guess you can say this is the uh, the end of the tier of the high studs, but I got them a little bit down. Now, at first glance, Jeff, you're going to look at this, you're going to think, oh, these are sweet matchups, but I want to be hesitant a little bit. Nick Bosa versus the Cardinals. Josh Allen against the Ravens. Cool, right? Let's break this down. Nick Bosa's playing the Cardinals. If you – the anything about divisional matchups rivalry games what have you you can go back and look at the second game the first game in the season I believe that was in week four okay he only got one tackle now this was before Chase Young and everything but I'm just saying for some reason the Cardinals did block Bosa Bosa gets a lot of pressures and whatnot just be mindful of the matchup it's not a slam dunk when you think Cardinals a lot of times you think it is but it isn't always a slam dunk and I only got him down at six I mean otherwise I'd usually have him four or five
1: yeah, the one thing, thing about that Josh matchup Allen. earlier in the season. Huh? No, go
0: ahead. Well,
1: Yeah, sorry. The one thing about that matchup earlier in the season, Kyle Murray wasn't the quarterback either. So you know, I mean, it's it's like their first time playing this time around. So it's it's a very different game when Kyle Murray's back there in exactly, than it is like exactly. what, what was it, Clayton Toon or maybe it was Dobbs. It was was it Josh Dobbs was the quarterback then? Uh, I want
0: to say traded it was to Dobbs. Minnesota? Don't Before he got quote traded me. To I think it was Dobbs at
1: that
0: point. Um, for seven, Josh Allen, okay? Same thoughts, same same thought process with with Josh Allen as I have Bosa, okay? He's a higher pedig- pedigree player, but it's perceived to be a better match with the Ravens. The only reason I'm kind of a little bit hesitant I got Josh Allen at seven, I can see the Ravens running the hell out of the ball. This I can see them running it down their throat because they're only the 18th best rush defense. So it might be easier to run at them than pass at them. So that would kind of put Josh Allen at bay. So six and seven, they feel about right to me, but I'm just a little bit hesitant. That's why I'm a little bit lower.
1: Yeah, I, I can't argue with that. I mean, and you're really splitting hairs with all mm-hmm. of these. Like you said, these are all elite studs. You're not questioning you're, you're going to sit them or anything. And, you know, it's it's sometimes important to think like these tiers aren't just like, you know, they, they're, they're in a ranking one through seven, but that doesn't mean that like they're not all elite options. You know, you got this huge tier, you know, whenever I think of like, Numbering guys one two three four five six like Ruxin from the league always pops into my head because he was always so <laughs> driven by the the ranking or the number of the tiers or like where they're at. But some of these tiers are you know seven eight guys deep and they're still uh-huh. very quality options. It's not like oh he's the seventh guy. He could legit be one through seven in those I'd in be those grateful tiers. For so, any
0: one of these guys. Um, number eight, actually, the next two or three, I actually really like these matchups, just to size them up. Number eight is Hassan Riddick, okay? He's playing the Seahawks. The Seahawks, namely with Geno Smith, at quarterback, they were very – they had a noticeable tendency to hold on to football way too long. Well, you know, put Drew Locke in there now. He does the same darn thing, okay? So this could be a positive game script for a Philly pass rush. With Redick, Redick leads the team with 11 sacks and 11 tackles for a loss on 31 tackles. He doesn't do much on tackles, but he gets free on sacks. So if anyone out there, I think my money's on him to get to the quarterback. So I got, I got Reddick at eight.
1: No, I agree. Uh, the, the, he's been playing much better as of late too. He started the season off a little cold, but he's mm-hmm. really picked it up over the last few weeks. So he's kind of a, an ascending player and you know, at the right time when the Eagles need to get a win too. So.
0: Oh yeah. Must play. That's right. That's a good point. Um, my next player, Justin uh, Matabuque, and this may be a little high for him, but can we all just take a moment, like we're at church, can we take a moment of silence for Justin Matabuque? I mean, for real, 11 sacks as a defensive tackle? Look at these stats. Look at these stats on the screen. Every single week this guy brings his lunch pail to work. Every single week he is killing it.
1: Yeah, he's he's in it, almost into that contract year discussion, so you know he's going to be playing his best football. He's got, like you said, he's got a sack all the way back since week four. And it's just an unbelievable streak. And then you look at that, if you're not on Spotify, you're looking at that far left-hand column with the points, double digits every single week. You know, like that's that's unheard of, you know, consistency for a defensive edge. You know, like there's very few guys. Bosa doesn't even do double-digit points every single week. You know, there's such a a spike in a valley for all these players, but – He's been the model of consistency at that position so.
0: Oh my god, has you know what kills me, Jeff? On a 32 team league that I'm in, I had him last year. And in the offseason I think I cut him or traded him. But who knew? Who knew, you know? But no. oh, it kills me what what could have been. <laughs> Hindsight's 2020. Always, always. going to have that roster spot. All right, number 10 we got Khalil Mack, okay? Now same same thoughts as I said earlier, right? He's he's got a divisional matchup this week against the Raiders, right? You know what's beautiful about those two two games in your division? We can kind of look back now. Does anybody remember what happened the last <laughs> time Mac got the Raiders? I do. Does anybody remember? He's on the screen. He had he had a huge game, did he not?
1: Yeah, I'm sure Garoppolo remembers that game pretty well. So.
0: <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, so, so you know Mac on the year. 28 tackles, he's tied for 18th. Assist, 10, tie, uh, tied for uh, 22nd in this position. 16 sacks, that's first. Force fumbles, six, that's first, too. And here's the thing. He'll get you either way. He'll get you on the tackles or he'll get you on the sacks. But uh, uh, I want to say, let me look back at that Raiders game. What did he have? Like six six sacks that game? Something, yep. like, something ridiculous? And he had two force fumbles? I mean, give me a break. They don't got anybody there that can block him either. That's the scary part about this. I don't know what they're going to do this week. I know they're going to be mindful of him, but I just don't know how they're going to stop it.
1: What's really interesting, too, is he got better after Bosa was injured. Like, he became more (laughs) of a consistent player. So, you would think that would be – it would be the opposite, where teams could, okay, I'm going to send a tight end to that side. We're going to chip. We're going to do everything we can. But he's actually gotten more multi-sack games after Bosa was injured than before, So which is kind of contradictory to what you would think. So.
0: Just to recap, guys, I got one Miles Garrett. Number two, I got Crosby. Number three, I got Watt. Four, I got Parsons. Five, I got Hunter. Six, I got Bosa. Seven, I got Josh Allen. Eight, I got Hassan Riddick. Nine, I got Matt Ten, I got mac Eleven, I got DeForest Buckner. Now, moving on to this final tier, I'm looking at matchups. I'm trying to be mindful of these matchups from 12 to 15. 12, I got Aiden Hutchinson. 13, I got Aaron Donald. 14, I got Bradley Chubb. 15, I got Carl Granderson. Uh, Let me just give some talking points on some of these guys, okay? All right, when I'm looking at Hutch, I guess you can consider this a fade to me. Um, Hutch has been up and down. But Hutch got a game against the Broncos, and they're the fourth best at defensive end. So he can hit. When I look at 13, I see Donald, and he's got the Washington Redskins. Pass pass defense, you know that's been hard. What would you say, Sack Howell earlier? Sack Howell, yep. (laughs) The only thing, the only reason I have him lower than most people would think, the only reason I did that, Jeff, if you look at Aaron Donald the last couple weeks, he's kind of simmered down a bit. I don't know if it's old age or maybe they're just whatever, but he's not getting the numbers as Aaron Donald as we know. I think he has a good matchup, but I don't think he's top tier.
1: Yeah, I like actually. I like Kobe Turner, who's playing next mm. to him. You know, like he's a, he's a great play. He's been he's been amazing as a rookie. Uh, they they started him week one, and he got a sack in his first game, and he hasn't come off the field much either. He's been a, a heavy heavily used player, and I think playing next to Donald has been a, an asset for him. Or like anyone looks better when they're next to Aaron Donald. Donald's taken yeah. on double and triple teams at times, and then Turner has like a really good win rate. And so he's winning his matchups on the one on one. So he's he's getting home to those sacks. Whereas Donald's probably being more impactful in real football. But you know we're not playing a real football game. We're playing a we're playing a fake game on a, off a of sport. So,
0: right, right. And um, my last two, I'm going to do them together as well. Uh, Bradley Chubb against the Jets. Bradley Chubb against the Jets. Um, he's got second best defensive end matchup. And then we got Granderson. Versus the Giants, that's number one best defensive end matchup. So either one of these guys uh, is going to go off for you. That's my top fifteen. Uh, for those that are on YouTube, what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you my screen and I'm going to show you my list, the rankings. Uh, Jeff, any any thoughts on um, any thoughts on uh, this ranking list? Uh, any, no, I really any- like
1: it. I I mean it's hard to argue. Anybody moving up, moving down. I really like the Granderson call. He's had a, a great season mm. for the Saints all year. He's not just a high tackle floor, but um, just a sacks as well. And so he's been a, a very outstanding player. I, I was trying to see where you did you have uh, Jonathan Grenard this week. He's one of my favorites. It's down at 20. Yeah, a- so he's DL2. He's a DL2. Yep. That's a.
0: So my bubble, my bubble players, I got Montez Sweat, Sam Hubbard, Brian Burns. I don't know about Brian Burns. He may be hurt. So that's what stinks about doing these things so early. Landry, Hayward, Thibodeau. But then I got right under that, I got Greener. And he's always he's always crushing it.
1: I'm just so a little Green was- Bay Packer biased, but where was Rishon Gary on that one? So. <laughs> ooh, ooh. He
0: hurt my feelings last week.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, he hurt mine too. Of getting the loss as a team—that's not very good. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, I got him twenty-seven right after yep. uh, you know Wilkins, Henderson, all those guys right there. So, um, the thing about the thing about Gary is he's got the Bucks man. That's such a thin. That's such a thin. I mean, they're good on tackle, I think, but they're really thin in interior. So that's another guy on the bubble. And honestly, I'm probably going to tinker at his list. I'm probably going to move guys up as well. You know how it goes.
1: Yep, especially when the guys get like, you know, not going to be able to go and they get off the list and move down. So that's, a,
0: mm-hmm. and like
1: in, in many leagues, I'm sure you play in them too. You're not just starting one defensive lineman. You probably are starting two or three, you know, and depending on scoring, you might flex even a defensive lineman based on that. So, you know, all of those guys are legit, you know, you're getting them out there. So,
0: you know, what's funny. I was talking to the IDP tipster. I had him on the other day. We're talking about how nickel and dime have kind of changed the old 4-3, four, 3-4 three, three, four thinking. Linebacker 100% guys are rarer ever. They're like gold, like in leagues, right? Yep. These extra safeties coming down, all that stuff is changing game. But not just that, what you just kind of said, from defensive linemen 30 to like 60, you sort of cut those guys and rotate them out every other week. You know? Yep. there are a dime a dozen now too. It used to be when I first started playing – Defensive linemen were volatile and are harder to find. You get an elite guy, kinda of like a tight end. No, it's actually growing. It's growing and changing as we go. So kind of neat to see.
1: Yeah. And like you mentioned, like two with the three safeties on the field. I think that's just the evolution of real football, too, because these these tight ends are becoming more athletic. They're faster. They're not just inline blockers anymore. And so they the the typical prototypical linebackers can't hang with them. So they're gonna have to bring these like long rangey safeties to cover them. And I think that's, you know, just the product of, or I guess it would be a byproduct of the real Mm -hmm. football, how it impacts fantasy. So.
0: You know, my first guy on my list this week for defensive backs is Antoine Winfield. Um, He's got a new role this year. I mean, he's no longer playing that slot corner. He's playing the right middle center of the field. Okay. He's, you know, he's right. There, his line's pretty darn. Good. He's got four forced fumbles on a year. That's new highs. So when you look at his stats, and for those that are on Spotify, I just pulled up his stats the last couple games. Look at that! Holy smokes, he is just—he is doing up. Not only is he getting 100, 99 snaps the last forever, he got eight tackles last week, a sack, a force fumble. The week before, he got an interception and another sack. What more do you want out of this guy? So I've got him one. I've got him one moving yeah. forward until somebody tells me otherwise.
1: I totally agree, especially with their, the mess that they have at the linebacker position. I mean, they, the Devin White's been out for several weeks. Levante David was out. That that one week he had like 16 tackles. They were legit down to a, a guy that was on the practice squad on Monday, and they brought him in on Friday to, as a starter. You know, like J.J. Russell, I think, is – so. I mean, like it was yeah. legit. Yeah. He was yeah. the last yeah. man standing for him, so –
0: they give him the green dot and everything. Imagine that coming to work. Hey, here's green dot. Yep. <laughs> um, number two, I got Derwin James. Now, now, full disclosure, he's having a slump year. A lot of people won't, won't, don't realize it, but it's Derwin James. I mean, how can you not play this guy? But Derwin James has gave up. A, it's a career high, three hundred ninety receiving yards this year. But for me, he's always tier one. Just that, just for the potential what he can do in tackles and pass coverage, interceptions, and whatnot. There's only a handful of players honestly, those are my top three, usually Winfield, James and Kroll, in some kind of order, but you know, with James this week, he gets that, he gets that quarter, that rookie quarterback matchup with the Raiders. And you know, the guy is prone to make a mistake.
1: Yeah. The only, the game script thing is the only thing I'm fearful of with James, because just mm-hmm. because if, because the chargers aren't going to have Herbert back there, they're going to be maybe without Keenan Allen. So their offense is going to be super vanilla. It, you know, we just saw the Raiders in a, a three nothing game versus the Vikings. Like this could be a really ugly Thursday night game, too. And that that negative game script where their offenses aren't moving the ball. That would be the only knock on James. But like you said, he's like he's one of those elite guys. You just set it and kind of forget it. You can't you can't really bench him.
0: You know, here's something, too. My number three is Cameron Curl. Um, here's something: w- when you're doing when you're doing like big three scoring, uh, I guess you guys do that a lot over there. He doesn't really uh, make the list. What is he? Top ten, top fifteen, but over here in yeah, tackle, right? he's fourteen leagues. right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in these leagues, he was number one a lot of weeks over here. In these leagues, he's a top heavy guy. And It's because of those seventy four solo tackles he has on the year that that puts him. He's tied for third, and also he's been targeted forty three times. Uh, that's tied for eighth receptions allowed. He's tied for eighth, but this is a classic example of know your scoring settings, guys, because a guy can be high here and low somewhere else. You know.
1: Yep. The other thing too that with uh Curl is Gene Davis went on IR this week, so they lost a the linebacker. That'll bring Cody Barton back into the starting lineup. Or, I'm sorry, Cody Barton was already in. David Mayo back into the starting lineup, so they kind of lose, and Mayo comes off the field in passing situations and. Uh, Cameron Curl kind of slides into that more of a traditional linebacker role, and so the weeks when Cody Barton was out, we saw a lot better spike weeks out of Cameron Curl. So I'm hopeful because I have a lot of shares of Cameron Curl that he's going to kind of bounce back a little here with some more opportunities in the in the big play game. Not only just getting tackles, but you know on those third down plays, maybe a a pick or a pass defense. So I
0: love Cameron Curl just just because I know I can gauge a snap, I can gauge a tackle. You know, I, I love players like that. And, and that's my tier two. And, and and feel free to, you know, if there's any guys you want to profile, I'm not going to go over them all. But, yeah. you know, defensive back is, is a dart throw. But here's my tier two, guys. You already know Winfield's one, James is two, Curl is three. Number four, I have Jesse Bates. Number five, I have Jaquan Brisker. Number six, I got Minka Fitzpatrick. Number seven, I got Reed Blankenship. Number eight, I got Kevin Byert. Number nine, I got Cameron Bynum. Number 10, I got Kyle Dugger. Number 11, I got Xavier McKinney. Number 12, I got Buda Baker. Any one of those guys can come out of order. Every single one does the same thing, which is a three-down safety, tackle heavy, except for Bates. Bates at four. The reason he's getting so much love is all those darn forced fumbles, tackle interceptions, big plays he gets. But other than that, any one of those guys is dealer's choice. It's so volatile.
1: Yeah, I would even kind of maybe brisker up into that tier one conversation kind of going mm-hmm. for like he had a, a great game. They've been taking Sanborn off the field a lot more and they've been using him more as like that, that third linebacker just because he's built, you know, like he's he's a thick dude. And he uh, has been playing more in the box than those line safe or inline snaps. And so like last week, I think he had a 40 point game like he had a, just a monster game, you know, and this week he gets Cleveland. So another run heavy team. I think that there's a lot of opportunity for Brisker to have a, like back-to-back solid weeks. The one guy I'm a little leery of is Reed Blankenship just because he had got concussed and kind of came off the field. So and he plays Monday night, so that makes it a little dicey. You know, unless yeah. you have know, like a Sydney Brown on your bench, like you can kind of pivot to him if you get a late scratch in the game. So
0: I, I'm holding my breath with Blankenship, and then also Fitzpatrick. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for Minka to pop off. We haven't quite seen it yet, but but those are the two I'm. I'm kind of thinking about. Uh, You know, when I get to this bottom tier, Jeff, 13, 14, 15, I'm looking looking for upside. I'm looking for hope. Cornerbacks pop up to me. Number 13, I got Nate Hobbs. You know, uh, 97% snaps. Last week, he's generally in the mix for 48 tackles. You know, four to eight each week. I guess four being the floor, eight being being the ceiling. But that's not bad, plus the potential of a big play. But he's going up against whatever deep pattern wide receiver go pattern fade receiver the chargers throw at him the reason i am a little bit lower and the only thing i'm a little cautious of is as you said earlier you you alluded to herbert's not there so it's going to be stick trying to make those plays but still hobbs is an option here
1: i really like hobbs he plays a lot of like that uh, slot corner role too when he's not covering deep he's in a in a slot corner position a lot so he's near the line of scrimmage so he's you know, if this is a game script where they're getting the ball out quick, a lot of Austin Eckler passes, like Hobbs is going to be have an opportunity to kind of rack up some tackles and things like that. So, you know, like you said, like it's leery that he's not going to go up against a top-tier quarterback this week. But, you know, that might be game script too. Like they're going to try to do everything they can to keep Stick, you know, not, not expose him. You right. know, like, hey, we don't have Keenan Allen this week. It's going to be a lot of stuff to Eckler. It's going to be a lot of stuff to – um, the tight end. So it's going to be a lot of quick hitting kind of things and right near the line of scrimmage. And hey, guess who's right near the line of scrimmage paying a lot of box snaps? Oh, Nate Hobbs.
0: You know, the beautiful, the beautiful thing about a safety, he can help in run support and he can help in pass coverage. You don't really see that too much of linebackers. Mostly, well, Logan Wilson does, but other than him, you know, mostly they're 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 tackle around the line of scrimmage. Uh, we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago with these hybrid players. It's just so much easier to bring a safety down make him tackle centric, put on some weight Then to try to train a linebacker to make all those moves and run around, you know. But uh, for me, for this kind of format, I'm looking for solo tackles. I'm looking for guys 90 to 100%, you know, a week. So that's kind of like my formula with this right here, at least for safety. It's so hard to, to go with. And once I get down here, like I said, I am looking at corners. And here's another one for you. I got Kenny Moore of the Colts um just tapping my brakes just a little bit it is the Steelers okay um he's playing the Steelers the Steelers are 28th against passing and then worse than that not only are they 28th in passing they're 24th when it comes to targeting wide receiver so there's not a lot
1: risky now they yeah, yeah.
0: yeah true true and there's not a lot to go around but you know more is still relevant because I think you know he's gonna get one or two plays off Trubisky. I mean he's he's a hundred percent guy, automatic star, hundred percent snaps. He's in somebody's top fifteen. I'm putting him at fourteen just because I'm mindful of cornerback.
1: You no, know, I agree. Like he's one of those guys that like always figures out a way to get it done. If there's a if there's another defensive back, I would kind of rival with him. It'd be probably be Deron Bland, the Cowboys. You know he's been mm-hmm. lights out this season, not only getting the the interception return for a touchdown record, but. He's been really racking up tackles the last three weeks. He has 21 tackles, two picks, and two pass defenses. So um, going up okay. against Buffalo, I think that like we've already mentioned, like, that game should be a heavy passing game, and that plays right into you know him getting an opportunity to, to be a high, high-performing player this week.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm very excited about that. Um, for my 15th defensive back, I have Dax Hill. Uh, he's going against the Vikings. Uh, Dax Hill, they move him around everywhere on the field. But he's going against whatever quarterback the Vikings want to roll out there. Yes, please, I'll take that. I think it's going to be Nick Mullins. That's the talk right now. But not only that, the the Vikings are what the number. I think they're number six seed right now. They have a great chance to make the playoffs. So I imagine they're not going to leave much on the field. They're going to be doing pulling all kinds of tricks out, whatever they want to do. But I believe it's going to be Nick Mullins, and I believe that uh, you know they're going to have to pass stay in this game because I don't think the Colts are going to lay down. I don't know the Colts playoff chances. I'm not to look that up, but, uh, but I don't, I don't see them uh, uh, laying down for the Vikings one bit.
1: No, I don't think any, like we, there's a lot of narratives about like how teams like, oh, they're in tank mode and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. No player, no player wants to tank. No player wants to give the team a better draft pick because that player they draft is might be coming for their job. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we talk all you hear all the time about these players have egos and stuff like that. Well, there's a reason they're, they're Alphas. They're, they're not going to let someone come and take their job. And so the narrative about tanking, I think it's kind of over overplayed and overdone. No, no player, no coaching staff wants to tank. You know, we see it all the time. Like those week 17s, like Houston last year, last week of the season, just lose the game. And then you got the number one pick, but what did they do? They went out and won the game and lost the number one pick. And, you know, it's just kind of like, so that idea of th- tanking to me just seems kind of more of a fan thing than it is a, an actual football thing.
0: Yeah, right, right. And um, um, so I'm going to recap the list real quick here for the audience that can see my screen. And for the audience in Spotify, I'll just list it. Number one is Winfield. Number two is James. Number three is Curl. Tier two, we got number four, we got Bates. Number five, we got Brisker. Six, I got Minka Fitzpatrick. Seven, I got Reed Blankenship. Eight, I got Kevin Byard. Nine, I got Bynum. 10, I got Duggar. 11, I got McKinney. 12, I got Buda Baker. 13, I got Hobbs. 14, I got Kenny Moore. 15, I got Dax Hill. And on my bubble, there's a long list of guys. Uh, you know, Jalen Petrie at 16, uh, Mattel at 17. A- a- as we already know, Del Pitt's hitting IR, so skip him. We got J- uh, Jonathan Owens. Uh, he's coming off as well because where's he been lately? uh julian blackman Jalen thomas and paul sinadibo but here's the whole list guys here's the whole list and like again it's so hard especially with this position to kind of nail it down on uh on a wednesday you know so uh keep in mind some of these guys are going to move up on my list uh jeff is there anybody you like more than others is there anybody you can see moving up during the week what are your thoughts
1: I really like, uh, uh, Jordan Whitehead this week, Uh, Mm. safety for the jets. They're going up against Miami. You know, we already talked about that like divisional narrative game and stuff like that. Miami is just, I feel like they're going to come out this week with something to prove, especially dropping one on Monday night to Tennessee. Um, again, not knowing the health of Tyreek Hill's ankle and stuff like that, but I can just see them, you know, passing quite a bit, coming out, wanting to, to, to get a win. And so that puts Whitehead right in a really good position. And if you're going to roll him out as a safety three or a four, like I think he's going to do very well for you in that, that role. So
0: yeah. Anytime you want uh, have a DB three that you pick up and he gets DB two value, you win. You know, you win. Um, I'm going to take you guys over to the uh, IDP uh, guys tools here. One of the tools we have, if you go onto the site, you're going to see by position and what I did is I kind of pulled the best linebacker, uh, best options, you know, by position. The Browns give it up to linebacker this year, followed by the Commanders, followed by the Falcons, followed by the Bears, the Texans, 49ers, Colts, Chiefs, Lions, Giants all around are just terrible. And then you got the Cardinals. So those are some sweet matchups for your, uh, for your linebackers this week. Um, let's get to the linebackers while we're here, okay? Uh, let's just do this in tiers like we did the last one. Um, the first one, I got Foyze Olakun. And then two, I got TJ Edwards. Three, I got Ra- Raquan Smith. Four, I got Zare Franklin. If if you're tuning into week 15 rankings and you don't know those guys, I can't help you. I mean, every week they're in somebody's in some sort of order. Um, but yeah, I can't help you if, if you don't know those guys by now um there's there's uh they're they're in everybody's top four one way or another um don't really have too much to say there um i'm gonna say the fifth guy is still tier one to me and that's bobby wagner uh bobby wagner if we pull up some bobby wagner stuff here bobby wagner is interesting to me and the reason i got him up so darn high he, it, his, his stuff is really darn telling. His stuff is telling. He's either he's either healthy on the field, balling out, or he's on the bench. I'd rather a player like that. I know he's a Corvette, or he's in my he's in my garage, as opposed to somebody that's only give me a couple points a game. But I'm not Bob White. I'm sorry, Ernest Jones. I, phew, I got I'm way off on that one. Uh, Ernest Jones, okay, pretty easy player to comment on. He's actually got a matchup against the Commanders, okay. He got a, he's got he uh, got pretty healthy. He got a dozen tackles, sweet matchup. Jones the last two weeks, okay? Week 14 versus the Browns, 97% of snap count, 15 tackles. <laughs> week against the Ravens, 99% snap count, 10 tackles and a sack. Uh, Ernest Jones is right there. He's got a, the best matchup you could think of this week. So sign me up for some Ernest Jones.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. He and and the Rams are playing a, a weird one linebacker uh, s- scheme right now, mm-hmm. where uh, Christian Roseboom comes off the field sometimes, but Ernest Jones is like literally like a little dot in the middle of their defense for not only wearing the green dot, but like literally in the middle of their defensive unit, and he's their only linebacker sometimes. So yeah, you know, he's so much opportunity and volume.
0: Linebacker is 100% volume game. If you got a guy that's getting that one linebacker role, then more power to him. Uh, number five is Bobby Wagner. I kind of told on myself earlier, I was thinking about Bobby Wagner. Um, man, that guy, I'll tell you, he's got, uh, he's got a 90.8 run grade, okay? He profiles really well. The problem with Bobby Wagner is he's a bit older, okay? He's a spotty player, meaning some weeks he'll have 17 tackles, and in some weeks he'll have, you know, four or five. So that's your ceiling, four or five as your floor, and then your ceiling 17. So you got to take what you get with Wagner. But, you know, golly, uh, for a guy his age, if that's the floor and that's whatever, and he's not that great in pass coverage, but guess what? I can care less. I can care less. He PFF grades at 59.6. I can care less. Sign me up for some Bobby Wagner. Sign me up for 100% snap count. Sign me up for those tackles.
1: And I think he gets a nice matchup versus – the Eagles this week too. Like that's a, I, I feel that the Eagles are going to come out this week and try to reestablish their, their culture. You know, they, they've a couple mm-hmm. weeks, they tried to pass too much and they've had two losses because of it. You know, they were winning when they were running and that bodes very, very well for their game scheme because it keeps Seattle's offense off the field and it gives Bobby Wagner just a ton of opportunity to rack up tackles. So you, know sign, you made sign me, me up, like that- you said.
0: You know, you made me think of, did you see that? Um, I think it's a meme too. The guys are standing outside the Eagle Stadium with the sign, run the ball. The coach yes. came out and gave him a cup of coffee. Give him <laughs> coffee. Yeah. Yep. That's Philadelphia for you. Okay. Here you go. Run your mouth. through some coffee. <laughs> yep. Um, so moving on here, I'm kind of excited about these next couple players. Number seven, I got Alex Singleton. Okay. I kind of did this a couple weeks ago. So let me. Let me just show you, and I tweeted this, okay? With with Alex Singleton, not only are you getting 100 every week, you're getting tackle, okay? Whether or not he's a great player in real life, it remains to be seen. We don't care about all that. But here's the tweet, Alex Singleton. He's had double-digit tackles nine in the last 10 weeks. Well, add a couple more to it. He's got double-digit tackles one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10, 11, 10 out of 11 weeks, okay? Not only that, he's broke the team's double-digit record set 1987. It was only five. So this guy's like like a, on a, on a rampage. Highest-graded linebacker they have, PFF. It's kind of one-trick pony, though, but that's all I want out of him. I want this right here. And uh, every single week he's getting up points. This may be a low ranking. This may be a low ranking, but at seven playing Detroit, you know Detroit – I'm not going to say they run the ball well, but some games they do. They want to be a team that runs the ball and pounds it. So Detroit's a decent matchup for him.
1: Very much so. Yep. Yeah, and like you said, too, like you got him at seven, but there mm-hmm. really isn't – I mean, if you have Singleton, you're not benching him. You no. know, there, nobody's going to have the six linebackers ahead of him to like have no this in like, oh, what am I going to do? Do I have to start Singleton this week? Of course you are. He's – He's a, one of those set-it-and-forget-it type players. So. so
0: I don't know if you remember when I was talking about Josh Allen. I really suspect the Ravens are going to pound the ball because that's what they do. Okay? Let's enter the next guy on the list, Devin Lloyd. Devin Lloyd's got 11 tackles and a, and a forced fumble last week. He's got Baltimore. Okay? Uh, very few people had Lloyd, and I can't figure it out because even beginning of season, we're like, where was this guy at? Remember they had Chad MoMA in there? I don't know. I guess he got hurt. I don't know the situation. But if you look at, what, since week seven, he's been consistently good, so much so people in my audience, my YouTube channel are like, hey, where's Devin Lloyd? Where's Devin Lloyd? I go, we need to see it. We need to see it more often. But dear Lord, give it any given week, 100%, 98%, 100%, 90%, 100%, 10 tackles, 11 tackles, 8 tackles, 11 tackles, 11 tackles. And he gets you a little bit on forced fumbles too. So Devin Lloyd with the Ravens, that's another sweet matchup. I'd love to move him and Singleton up. But as you said, where do you move him? You can't take any of those guys down.
1: Yeah, they drafted him last year in the first round, and they drafted Muma later in the third out of Wyoming. And it was kind of like, oh, they just killed both of their values, you know, because Lucon's already there. They gave him a big contract. Clearly, he's not coming off the field. But Devin Lloyd has quietly over the last couple weeks have had super, super consistent games. And they benched him last year towards the end of last season. They got him back on the field. And I don't know if that's like just the coach ways to motivate him, but he's really come out like a gangbuster this year. And uh, he kind of got dinged up in week three. And then that's when we saw him coming back. And then there was like rumblings about, oh, here we go again. You know, it's going to be the same thing. But Devin Lloyd came back. And like you said, he's just been crushing. He's got double-digit tackles in almost every single week since then. And he's been giving Foyalulukon kind of a a run for his money. You know, usually we don't see teams with two – top linebacking options you know the bears have it with Rokon smith and tremaine edmonds the jaguars kind of have that right now with Devin lloyd and foyo luikon too so it's just kind of a rarity to have two teams with you know two top ten guys
0: you know uh my nine and ten number nine i got logan wilson number ten i got bobby bobby okay so um with those guys i kind of do them together they're usually in my nine and ten range because they do the same kind of thing for me 100 get the tackles I guess Wilson's a little bit better in pass coverage, but you know, Logan Wilson versus the Vikings, uh, Bobby versus the saints. Both of those guys are relevant each week, but I just got them slightly below everybody else.
1: Well, like you said, you can't justify moving someone down, you know, Bobby Okereke has had a really good season for the giants. He's been kind of splitting shares with Micah McFadden a little bit, or like Micah McFadden's been playing a little bit more, but it still hasn't taken Okereke off the field or kind of hurt his numbers at all. So.
0: Now, now my next guy, because, you know, when I'm moving all these guys up and I'm all excited, I had to bring somebody down. Um, so I chose C.J. Mosley, and I don't know if I'm ahead on this or not, but when you guys look at C.J. Mosley, put some caution to the wind. I got him at LB11. I know most people have him up high. But if you look at the last couple of games, he's been slowing down quite a bit. I mean, even though he's getting a logging a ton of snaps, he's not he's not the C.J. Mosley we used to know. And this thing sort of happens to older players as the season goes by, as the weather gets colder, you know, these guys they 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 need a little bit of a breath. But I don't really see good numbers considering the guy's a 100% guy, you know?
1: And not only that, like the motivation, you know, like that the expectations for the Jets this year were like they were playoff bound, you know, and 5 plays into the season, Rodgers is on the field needing to get carted off with an Achilles, you know, and they you know, Mosley's been playing really consistent, like you said, with age. But then it might be just like, you know what? The season is just not going how it's going, how we need Mm -hmm. it to go. And, you know, he's a professional. He's not going to, like, roll over on the team. But there has to be something to that, like, that motivation factor. Like, oh, you know, we just – we're just – here we go again. It's the Zach Wilson show, and we want to get off. And, you know,
0: once I get down this low – so I guess I am kind of fading him a bit – but snap count and volume are such a big thing. You know, guys can have 100% snap count, but if you're not getting the volume as well, then then it, then it's not a big play for me. I, I did that a couple episodes back. You know, I think it was when Matt Milano was in. Yeah, he was 100% snap count guy, but he's only getting 45 plays. Suppose Mosley was getting like 80 to beginning of the year because the, the Jets defense just deserted them. So maybe he's just tired. Maybe he's just ran out. But but snap count volume are a thing to me. And I think that's when I'm doing my rankings. I think that's the secret sauce. I'll lump some of these guys up together like this last year. I'll lump them up IDP production versus I guess expected you know expected model like what their projections are going to be. That's kind of what I do. I'm looking at it like okay, well this guy gets 100%. This guy's good for five six tackles. This guy's not. So it's guesswork really, but that's kind of what I do as far as I look at IDP production versus an expected production projections. You know, Um, the first guy in this list, I got Fred Warner. I'm looking at solo tackles. He's got 72. That's tied for 18th. That's good. That's great. Assists, 34. Tied for seventh. Uh, Interceptions, he's first with four. And forced fumbles, he's got three. He's second. I'm very excited about him this year as opposed to the dreaded – and I know you've heard this before – the dreaded third-round draft rookie curse. You know, third-round linebackers tend to bust. And it's crazy with with Warner because usually – He's the best kept secret in the playoffs. He's mostly the refreshed player because the rest of the defense usually does everything Greenlaw usually outplays him. This year, we're actually seeing a good Fred Warner. We're actually seeing what he can do, which is neat.
1: Yeah, and Fred Warner gets a bump this week because Greenlaw is battling like a hip injury right now. So you look at Mm -hmm. Warner, he might be called on to get a a little bit more run than a typical week because, you know, he might not have his running mate with him, so.
0: So so my next guy on the list is Terrell Bernard. Solo tackles, 72. There's another guy right there. Hits my criteria. You got the snaps. You got the tackles. That's tied for 18. Okay, assist, that's 37. He's got 37. That's tied for fourth, this position. Three interceptions, tied for second. Um, again, he's just, he's just right place, right time. I know the Bills had a hard time this year playing musical chairs at that position. But I think they finally got it right with Terrell Bernard.
1: Yeah. And after they lost Matt Milano in the beginning of the season with that injury too, like he had to really step up. And I know that they, you know, they were kind of, like you said, it's a great analogy, musical chairs, (laughs) anybody that followed the bills during the preseason, we, they had, we had no idea who was going to play next to Matt Milano. Was it going to be Bernard? Then they were kind of experimenting with Terrell Dodson. They were kind of just kind of rotating back and forth, even the preseason games. This is a Terrell Dodson game. This is a Terrell Bernard game. And then like three days before the, this preseason ended. They were like, oh, Bernard's our guy. So
0: yeah, you, I don't, you know, David Kelly, of course, me and him were chatting offline about this. I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, Dotson was their guy all year until yep. the last preseason game. And I'm like, cause we were talking like, it's suspect the tackle, the tackle floor with this guy, very suspect. And then all of a sudden that first game, poof, there's this Mr. Bernard guy and he's playing. So yep. you just never know. I mean, you don't know if the coaches knew or not, but if all of us were in the dark with Bernard. It's just so nice seeing that. Cause usually you see the top 10, top 15 guys every week. It's just so nice seeing another player.
1: Yeah. And like you said, just new players. Like you look at this next of guys, if you would have said in week three, Hey, we're going to decide between Elsha here, Ivan Pace, Robert <laughs> Spillane, you know, all like you would have been like, um, but that's the nature of IDP. Like, you know, you really have to stay on it from week to week. It's not just kind of like you can kind of come back to it after a couple weeks because it, it's such a huge turnover on the defensive side of the ball.
0: Ain't that the truth. We have an amazing bubble coming up. So uh, uh, number 14 is Aziz Alshair. Um He's got uh, solo tackles. He's got 83. That's ninth on the season. It's another one of these guys, 100%. Uh, assist, 35, tied for fifth. Doesn't really do too much with the – uh, 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 he'll be top fifteen. I got him fourteenth. What says you?
1: No, I, I totally agree. Like he's he's right in there. Like back end LB one, you know. If he, LB two, he's got some upside. He he really is the only linebacker. I know they got Jack Gibbons there too, and he's kind of been a nice story, but he's not playing 100 of snaps. And so Shaheer is the one that's staying on the field the entire game. Like he's getting he's getting the heavy volume, and volume's king. So.
0: Uh, for fifteenth, I got Nick Bolton, and uh, the only reason I'm doing that—ninety-two percent snaps on eight tackles—I'm just giving him a couple weeks to get his feel back. You know, uh, g- give him a couple weeks to get uh, to get his uh, to get to get back being healthy. It's so nice seeing him on the field. I mean, that was a good warm-up game, but expect more to come. Fifteenth, and he's got the questionable on it, but you know, if he does play, it's a good matchup with the Patriots, who are going to run the ball with Zeke Elliott. So, you know, that's why I put them where I put them. The bubble's amazing too. You got Ivan Pace, Patrick Queen, Levante David, Kenneth Murray, any one of those guys can supersede and jump up in there. Just so hard trying to put them in place as early in the week.
1: And like I mentioned too, like you just have to think about these players in bigger tiers. You know, like, you know, even if you have Bolton as 15, that doesn't mean that players 16 through 19 couldn't be the same number. You know, it's you kind of think about a more linear, not so much like you know, up and down kind of columns.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, um, I go on uh, the IDP guys snap tool a lot and I look at these snaps and not just the current week, but I go back historically when you look at all of those guys we just mentioned, when you look at Terrell Bernard, when you look at Ernest Jones, when you look at uh, Fred Warner, when you look at them. Uh, For those that can't see my screen at home uh, or on Spotify, I just pulled up the IDP guy's snap tool. It just gives me a little sight but it kind of it tells on the player. And, and that's kind of where I get my I, – I look at, you know, I go back a couple of games, but I look at trends. You know, some of these guys, they're spot on week to week. But usually when they have a dip like that, they're probably weighing an injury. And that's why I felt the way I do with Bolton. Uh, generally, he's a 100% guy. 92% is encouraging. But, you know, give him a couple of weeks just to get a good feel, to get back into the game, you know. Um, I'm going to show that screen one more time, Jeff.
1: And talk about uh, so, a team that's going to be motivated to win this week. You know, Kansas City, like they had, you know, they had that game. They 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 literally had the points on the board, you know, and then a, a a weird offside penalty took that win away. You know, we just saw the whole meltdown after the game. But talk about a team that's motivated to come out and to put a put a number up.
0: Heck yeah! And uh, for for those, uh, just to recap: number one, I got Olakun. Two, I got Edwards. Three, I got Smith. Four, I got Franklin. Five, I got Ernest Jones. Six, I got Bobby Wagner. Seven, I got Alex Singleton. Eight, I got Devin Lloyd. Nine, I got Logan Wilson. Ten, I got Bobby O. Eleven, I got Mosley. Twelve, I got Warner. Thirteen, I got Terrell Bernard. Fourteen, I got Aziz. Fifteen, I got Bolden. And then I got a bunch of guys on the bubble. Pace, Queen, David, Murray. And then, you know, Watt, Barton. Don't sleep on Barton either. Um but that's pretty much my list. Jeff, do you see any alibis in here? Anything?
1: uh... I love Robert Spillane way more than I should. I see you got him (laughs) like listed at 27 uh, front end, like LB three. He's been crushing it the last like five, six weeks. He's legit LB one material each and every week. I know he gets a, a kind of a rough matchup this week with the chargers, but I think we kind of mentioned it earlier too, with like Derwin James, like he, they're, they're going to have a game script that's going to not expose or put too much on Easton's stick, and I think they're going to do a lot, of, a lot of running, a lot of short passes to Gerald Everett, out of the backfield to Eckler, and that just plays so well into Spillane's hand, and And they have really no one else at linebacker. I know they've got uh, Devon Diablo, but he's kind of a converted safety, but Spillane has been been the guy, and the head coach, Anthony Pierce, said we're going to center this defense around you, and, and since Pierce has taken over, if you look at the stats that Spillane has had – like he's a legit like top seven linebacker yeah. in the last like five or six weeks. So
0: I, I did a, I did an IDP guys article earlier in the week. Spillane is like, I think one of four Raiders players ever to have three sacks and three INTs in a season. So he's doing it all for them.
1: Yeah. And he's like, you know, hate to use the term like lunch pail guy, but like, dude, that guy is just comes to work and just, he's earned it, you know, and like he's, he wants it. And, Mm-hmm. Just such a, a culture guy in your locker room. Like, everyone loves that guy. So I do, mm-hmm. too, on my starting lineup. <laughs>
0: Heck, yeah. Uh, Jeff, uh, that completes the rankings. A uh, couple questions for you. Um, how long have you been playing IDP now?
1: I have been playing since uh, 2011. It was my Isn't first IDP amazing? draft. Isn't it
0: amazing how much this game has grown and changed? I was going to ask you, what advice do you have for new owners or even old owners? What are some, you know, things that you wish you would have known that, you know, now?
1: Uh, Probably one of the biggest things I would have like wanted to tell my younger self when I was drafting is uh, make sure I know the scoring in my formats. You know, I play in multiple leagues with different settings and, just the uh, position eligibility is so key. You know, you look at a a guy like Micah Parsons in, in one league, he's the 1.1 of defensive players, you know, just because the pressures and the sacks, but then in another league I play in, he's listed as a linebacker Mm -hmm. and it's not so pressure heavy or like it's more tackle heavy league. And he's, he's maybe a, a flex option, you know, starting. So you, you really have to know your scoring and, you know, look at the previous year's scoring when you go into a league or you go into a draft or if you take over an orphan team look at the previous year's scoring just so you can kind of see and judge how are those players not only compared to other players of that position but how are they compared to other positions too you know you look at Travis Kelsey who is such a a cheat code at tight end because he gets he's like one and a half times the next tight end well on the defensive side you have players like that too Micah Parsons and and that league could be you know, a Travis Kelsey like player where he's one and a half times, like the next guy, you know, and things like that. Um, The other thing is, I, I, when I first started, I was such a name guy. I would draft the name, you know, and I've learned over the last few years is not to get married to the name of a player, but look more at the production. You know, like if you look at like a guy like chase young, he carries a lot of value just because he's chase young, but over the last like four or five weeks, since he's gotten traded to San Francisco, he has a similar stat line to Shelby Harris. Now, if you had a guy, Shelby Harris on your roster and he was performing like he was, he wouldn't be on your roster. You you'd drop him and pick up the next, the next guy. So just kind of not getting stuck with being married to a guy or getting wrapped up in who it is. Like a guy like Chase Young, you could probably trade in your league to somebody else who likes the name of Chase Young. But those are the kind of, kind of trades I look for. Like, yeah, I'm going to cash out on this guy now. So.
0: Oh, yeah. And uh, you nailed it on the head, different kinds of scoring, uh, stuff like that. Because if you don't know, if you don't know the scoring setup you're in, you're in some trouble Um, and they're not all the same. Uh, We we talked about fantasy pros. We talked about fantasy pros, what to look for. Um, A lot of us know. and, And what I talk about on my network, I talk about tackle savvy, tackle heavy. But that's not the only that's not the only scoring formats out there. Uh, there's quite a few different settings. And like Jeff was alluding to, you know, first thing you should be doing is looking at your roster. That's the first thing you should be doing. Second thing you should be doing is looking at uh, what kind of scoring somebody put together. And there's some that are different than others. Uh, Jeff, since you brought it up, uh, I'm wondering, can you see my – let me know if you can see my screen here. I can. I can, I can show...
1: see, see I got an IDP oh, waiver wire article. Hold on.
0: Can you see yep. that by chance?
1: I can. That's right really there, small. you
0: guys oh sorry you guys have um on your network you have a thing called idp madness and it was awesome this off season it was like best ball all -hmm. this stuff and i'm like idp madness and i'm a tackle heavy guy so i'm not used to this but when you look at this sacks were worth six qb hits were one a lot of people don't know what that means tackles for a loss are two um when you see that kind of scoring that's more sack heavy right
1: Yes, very much. And it's, and the reason for this scoring is like trying to, emulate, and I know like if, if you want to melt Twitter down, put a math problem out there with parentheses in it, or talk about uh, uniform IDP scoring. And, and there's, there isn't a need for it, you know, like, you know, to each their own. If you want to play in a tackle heavy league, play in a tackle heavy league, you know, but just know the scoring. And so kind of the story with the, the big plays here, the big, big three scoring is, a sack in a game is such a huge game-changing play. You know, a tackle for a loss is a huge game-changing play. Why should a, a player who pushes a wide receiver out of bounds 15 yards downfield get the same point value for a guy that makes a tackle five yards in the backfield on a on a, on a a wide receiver or a running back screen? Like, what play had a bigger impact on the game? Well, clearly that play, that tackle for a loss, because now all of a sudden it's second and 14 – versus first and 10, 18 yards down the field. So that was kind of the, the reasoning or the rationale behind it. So like it's rewarding real, I, I guess it's rewarding your fantasy players for what the real player is doing on the field. So
0: a lot of people don't realize this too in that kind of format that you guys run over there, the reason the sack is so valuable at six, you know, they you know we look at a tackle over here like oh yeah tackle tackle's the end of every play big deal. You know sometimes yep. you got players that just get drugged down the field. But when you look at this format, I know it's small to read. I just wanted to do it as an example to piggyback what you said. Six tackles is six. Okay. When you when you get a I mean six six points a sack, when you get a sack, you also get the quarterback hit too, right? So that's yep. another point that's seven, right? You get a yep. tackle for loss when you do that. So seven becomes nine. And then there's a really small category here: sack yards, 0.01. The average sack play is seven point five yard loss. So just add another point, half point-ish, three quarters on there. So you're looking at a nine point play every time to the tackle. What's yep. the tackle work? Two on here.
1: Yeah. Okay. And then it, you have that Khalil Mack game. That's a that's a that's a hefty, hefty day. You don't have to start anybody else.
0: Exactly. Um, and, and just just a fun little point to what you just said, okay. Um, players change in these formats. If you're in a tackle heavy league. Trey Henderson's not really worth a darn. He's probably top 40. But over here, he's top five, top 10. Or Christian Wilkins, he doesn't always get it. But over here, a tackle league, he does. Well, look at our fantasy pro scoring here. Fancy pro scoring, you're getting 1.5 a solo. You're only getting four points a sack. A couple weeks ago, we did the math. The highest recorded sack season was TJ Watt with 22.5. Okay? Do that by uh, solo tackles. What's that 50 55 tackles on season? So, really, what this is saying is hey, that great elite defensive lineman, he's only worthy of a two down linebacker, which is kind of yeah. crazy as opposed to the other format. Holy smokes, look at this, you know. So you just gotta know your format, I guess, first and foremost. Excellent points, Jeff.
1: You know, and not taking anything away from a guy like Frankie Louvu, but you a Frankie Louvu a couple seasons ago had like a hundred tackle season but he didn't really do anything in the, in the splash plays or big turnover things. He finished like 40 or 50 points higher than TJ Watt. Now, if, if you're a, a, an NFL fan who had more of an impact on the game, TJ Watt or Frankie Louvu? like I, I think 99 players out of a hundred or 99 people out of a hundred would probably say TJ Watt is probably a more impactful player, you know? And so that, that scoring system just lends itself to rewarding those big plays for, by those big players. So.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, so, so commonly there are, um, commonly there are three major scoring systems, which are fantasy pros. Fantasy pros is your tackle. You know, your big, your big three. I guess you call it would be, um, would be your sack heavy. Now, there's one more format that a lot of us like to mess around with, and it's called IDP one two three. This is usually where I kind of stay. Uh, guys, don't get too twisted when you see scoring formats like this. When you see, I don't know, the guy has six sacks here, he's got quarterback hits, he's got he's got interceptions. Basically, all you're trying to do with a one, two, three is you're trying to baseline three different levels. You know, the basic play, the basic play to the medium play to the higher up play. That's all you're doing. If you see somebody with crazy math, they're just putting in three different layers of priorities. That's all it is. A one, two, three can be just as easy as a two, four, six or a three, six, nine. And so forth and so forth. So basically, Jeff, um, I guess there's a format, right? How you know what kind of league you're in, you're going to look at sacks to tackle ratio, okay? So you're going to look at how many points do I get per sack, and I'm going to divide it by how many sacks I get. Now, this is where it gets different between analysts. If, in my opinion, if it's five points per sack or more to one point to to tackle – now you're in a sack heavy league. Some people say it's four. Some people say it's six. I, I, I'm okay with that. I say five to one. Um, How do you do it?
1: I'm very much on the same. Yeah. Okay. Even like you're getting into that almost like the four to one, like the fantasy pros has. If it's four to one, that, that one player has to make four tackles to equal that one play. And if that player who made the sack gets credit for a tackle too, then that becomes a five point play for them as well. So, to, you know, and, and the thing about it is that if you're comparing that scoring format scoring format is good for everybody in your league it's not like you know like one guy gets an advantage over another because everyone's playing under that same umbrella in that same league so you know that only is only a debate or an argument between the experts when it's one one format one format to another so it's
0: yeah, it's exactly. more just
1: pe- talking heads than anything else. So. <laughs> I mean,
0: uh, the only you know people argue about scoring. You can still do a rankings. You just got to know where you're putting people. If anything, it just prioritizes where I'm going to draft people and how I'm going to do it. But you know, all excellent points, and, and I'm glad we uh, I'm glad we took the time to kind of go over that and talk about it. Um, for my audience on Spotify, I'm just showing Jeff's work. You guys can find Jeff. You can find him on the IDP show. Uh, he does the IDP waiver wire article. You put that out every Monday night, correct? Yep. And you're on the sit and start Sunday, so the grind is is real, my friend.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I punch in on Sunday, and I I might not be done till Tuesday. So
0: holy cow! And uh, like besides the IDP show, or you know, Twitter and this, what else are you working on? Tell the audience where they can find you.
1: Well, doing a lot of stuff for the IDP show. We've got uh, the weekly, obviously the the stuff on Sunday with the start and sit stuff we have Mm -hmm. uh monday obviously the waiver stuff comes out we've got rankings that come out during the week um we're kind of getting into like the prop betting kind of things and doing some like parlays and things like that like on wednesday thursday uh johnny the greek if you're ever looking for anything with a quarterback or cornerback streaming stuff he is just amazing Mm -hmm. Um, he must have sold his soul to the IDP devil at some point, just because his, his success rate this season is like eighty percent plus. Like it's that's insane. It's, it's unworldly. It, it really is. Yeah,
0: I cannot believe that. Yeah, we got Johnny Greek coming on in a couple of weeks, so I'm gonna kind of be a treat. His he's, a, he's awesome. I um they did because uh, you know, fantasy pros you can break down like how you're doing by position. Uh, I'm number four uh, as far as defensive linemen goes. I'm number two as far as linebackers goes. And I'm number 12 as far as defensive backs. And I'm like, well, crap. If I can just get the defensive backs, they're like dart throws. I get them figured out. Well, Johnny Greek's coming in. He knows his secondary. And if you ever look at those articles, guys, I'm telling you, it's fabulous. He talks about indoor, outdoor stadiums, if it's raining, what color socks the coach is wearing. It's incredible. I mean, you guys over at your show, hats off to you. You guys, you guys do amazing, amazing work, amazing content and I'm so happy you came on today with me to kind of go through those kind of went through them pretty fast. We kind of did. Um, Would you come on again?
1: Absolutely. I I will talk football anytime. One of the things of the fun things that we get to do too with the, with the IDP show is we do roster evaluations. So like, like anybody can just like set up a time and we'll do like a zoom call with them and we'll kind of go through the rosters. And it's just fun sometimes to get a different perspective on your team. Like, Hey, have you ever thought about, putting these guys together and making packaging up a trade or those kind of things. So that's a a fun thing to do in the off season too, especially like, you know, especially in dynasty Leagues, you get that April, May, you know, you get the draft and stuff like that, but then it's like, you get kind of those like slow months. So that's a, that's a really fun thing to kind of keep things entertaining.
0: For the audience at home too. um, We're actually keeping this content going even after the season's over. We're going to be doing dynasty rankings Dynasty rankings are fun to me, Jeff, because it's all speculative. Like, it's all fantasy. Might as well put a unicorn on it, chase Bigfoot. I mean, it's all for fun. You know, what we think, contracts. That stuff's neat to me. Uh, I'm also going to be putting a little bit of rookie spin on it. So feel free to maybe we can come back on, collaborate, or maybe come on your show, we collaborate. However uh- however you want to do it, I would be very, very interested in that. And uh, thank you so much for coming on. Um, any closing thoughts, Jeff?
1: No, I just appreciate it, uh, the opportunity to come on talk football, and uh, thank you for thank you for having me.
0: Excellent guys, and we're going to close the the show off a little early. I just wanted to uh, advertise my work over on Fancy Six Pack. I too do the waivers article, and then you know you'll see it, you can't miss it. it. Has a little keyboard thing that says success on it, and and what it is is I'm trying to you know teams are getting ready to go into playoffs, championship, how to find waivers. I go deep. I try to do for each format, Jeff. I think I got like over 60 players on there. It's ridiculous. It's a whole smorgasbord. You can't go wrong with it. But it's over there on the six pack. Guys, check it out. Check check out Jeff's work. Definitely check out Giant Greek's work. Definitely check out the IDP show. See you guys next week. We're going to have Steven Wright on the show. He's a former offensive lineman for the Cowboys and the Raiders. And he's a former contestant on Survivor 22. He'll be on Wednesday to kind of just tell us what it's like to be in the NFL as we do our rankings. So anybody else got any questions, leave them in the comments. You know how I am. I'll answer them on the show. Um, see you guys later.